Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, yes. my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chickity Chuck. And I am Godless. Episode number 16 of the Metal Sucks Podcast. We are going to bring you all kinds of fun, 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 crazy stuff like Philip H. and Somo. Oh, oh yes. yeah. You didn't like my idea. No, we can't speed up Phil and Selmo's uh, interview, even though, even though I do get to talk to him for like uh, 40 minutes or something like that. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't like that idea. <laughs> it would have been great, man. He's got a lot to say about a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, I know. And he, he, let's act like he doesn't have much time to do it because he doesn't <laughs> seem to. Whatever. Wait till we get to wait till we get to the Gene Hoagland interview that we get to do. That's going to be a fun one to try to try to try to. You can't speed that one up. You wouldn't. Up. He's 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 got a lot to say. I, and actually, he, he does have a lot it. to say. Yeah. Though. But Phil, uh, we're going to talk to Phil and Selma on this episode. Talk about uh, the uh, Philip, Philip H and Selma and the illegals and their uh, latest tour. I got to talk to him on Dimebag's birthday. Yeah, like actually on Dime's birthday on uh, August twentieth. So we talk a little bit about that. I try not to ask the same damn question that everybody asks. Hey, when's Pet Dare going to get back together? You but know? you had to ask it. But I as I try to ask it in a yeah. in a roundabout sort of way because yeah. I know the details. I've read all every damn interview he's ever done or. Uh, uh, you know, listen to him and stuff, and yeah. So we talk. I try to talk to him about stuff that may not be there. We talk about the the Miracle Network and some of the other stuff. So that's going to be coming up here toward the end, the ass end of uh, the podcast. That's a good interview. Tune in. Yeah, and and you know, They're subscribe on in, iTunes. So, yeah, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. We uh, post this every every Monday, or can, I guess this week will be Tuesday since right it's about Labor Day how weekend. Great Chuck's interviewing skills are. Woo! Well, you know, we get a little bit. We finally are now that you're back in country. We're finally getting a chance to interview people together, and so and, it makes and, a difference. And, and the biggest names in metal all want to be interviewed by us. It's like it's like we're, we've become the meet the press of metal. Actually, they're all just doing press tours, but still, the, we're talking to all these people. Yeah, either way, I mean. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I look they want to talk to us, man. We're on the top of yes, the list. It, it, hell yes. I mean, if you've had, let me, I'm, I'll put it this way. If you've got a metal podcast and you thought you had an interview scheduled with so-and-so at a certain time, and then publicist called you back or wrote you back on email a couple days later and said, oh, no, I'm sorry. They had to move. We have to move it. I'm not sure we can make it happen. The reason is, is because we wanted that time slot and <laughs> we got it and they they're We're giving it to us over like, get the hell out over of here. your that's right lame fanzine or whatever man. it is that you do whatever man hey dude that's the truth it's important bro you know this is very important this is where people's at i know it's it's totally and utterly important and you can tell by the sound of my voice and things and <laughs> stuff what the hell are we going to talk about today? Because we only we didn't have we we got striper a, man. Oh, that's right. Okay, <laughs> we have a very finite amount of time on this episode because we get a long interview. But uh, and you won't speed it up. Uh, hey, man, deal with it. You know you got the technology. We have the technology. We're gonna play. We're gonna play the longest. The longest song. It's twelve minute song that's on Philip H. Somo's new record. We should speed that up too. That, that one we could uh, definitely <laughs> definitely speed up and be fine with. 
But uh, we know we wanted to talk about the striper thing because this popped up on uh, on Metal Sucks and Axel had a great uh, great take on what um, the striper weekend, <laughs> dude. It's so good. The striper weekend apparently is is going to be a striper fan weekend that's going to happen in uh, Tennessee. Where is it? Franklin, Tennessee. It's coming up in October, like middle of October, which Tennessee is beautiful that time of year. Uh, I mean, it's really really impressive, uh, but. What it is, is you can spend the weekend basically hanging out with Striper, going to worship services. You can do, you know, a viewing of their videos, and it's only going to cost you $777. Man, Whoa, don't you wish they what had, the hell? don't you wish they had like, you know, called that album, you know, 222 instead of <laughs> right? 777. Oh, that's Damn. not, it's not very creative. I just couldn't believe that it cost that much money. But what it made us start to think about was, is there a band that deserves or has a fan weekend, something like this, that is not as douchey as Striper and as just crappy as they are? I mean, is there another band out there that could pull this off in a better way and make this happen? I mean, other than Kiss. Kiss. Oh, know. yeah. I mean, Kiss has has these things going on every weekend somewhere in the world somewhere there is a kiss weekend happening i mean those guys have mastered the art but they've licensed their name to every single person and product that happens to be out there so i mean they're they're they make money off it and they don't even have to be there and people show up yeah but people show up you know i mean it could be in a the lobby of uh 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 you know the the ramada inn and you know upstate new york one weekend and then it's in like some small arena in los angeles the next you know it's there's different sized weekends you know and some are all about just basically people selling memorabilia and sometimes it's about a whole experience thing you know but it's It's all good turn it into kind of a comic-con type type setup where you go and you dress up like your favorite member of kiss and or you're a kiss slave or whatever the hell they whatever kiss the, slave. I don't know what the hell those things are, you know, whatever the oh. vixens or no, I, I, kiss I, army. I don't know anything about you've no fucking idea. Kiss man. I, don't, so <laughs> I really don't. I <laughs> come on, man. No, I don't really care about kiss. I never have. That's oh. the only thing. But so I oh. just I've never gotten into it. I think I when I read this though, I don't know any band that I really want to spend an entire weekend with or could would spend a thousand dollars of my money. To travel to some, you know, backwards part of the country and spend a weekend with them. Well, let's take a the 50, 60 year old lead singer of a crappy band. I, I think, you know, you, you put the $777 price tag on it. Yeah, now it's really hard. Because, I mean, the the thing with Striper is they got the whole religious thing going on. So they yeah. can market to all the churches and you got all the yeah, wealthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that sort of skews things. But if you were to take out the price tag and just say, you know, say it's a uh, fifty bucks for the weekend, you know, or a hundred bucks for the weekend, not including the hotel and all that stuff. Now, who would you do that for? What would be interesting? What would you, you know, what would you go see and and plan on being there ten a.m. Saturday and leaving six p.m. on Sunday? You know, see, I don't know. I, I think that's a that's a that's a tough one. And in some, we we kind of talked off mic earlier about bands that are trying to do this already. Kiss is one, mm-hmm. uh, or have something similar. But I don't know if you think about Metallica's Orion music and more. It's kind of kind of 
that in a weird sort of way. It's weird the way that they've ne- sort of almost like neutered themselves out of that festival. No, they didn't. Well, I mean, no, we, I mean, we haven't we haven't been, so we, yeah, don't, we don't know I for guess. sure. But they but they've got the Metallica Museum, you know. So they have like some Metallica Museum. And, oh, look, it's James Hetfield with his classic cars, and it's Lars over here with whatever you know dildo he's hawking this week. Or yeah. you know, they all have their thing that they're doing. My, uh, Kirk Hammett and his horror movie collection, and and that stuff. So it's it's more death clocky than than you know anything else mm. but it's also every band that lars pulled out of his ass to to put on the bill right see that's the thing is where and it gets it's not neutered. focused on Metallica. them yeah. just them and barbecue is sort of the same way where it's guar and it's a bunch of bands or it's uh juggalos or uh icp and the gathering of the juggalos you know that's probably even closer you know that's like a step down from the kiss level but right. even that's all about more bands than anything else and bands that dress up like icp but i think that like with barbecue i think they almost missed the opportunity in a way there they could make that an entire weekend that's almost solely about gore and you know you just have bands that kind of like super yeah. gore influence the haunted garages and you know all that and you just you know have like one really awesome uh entertaining did you see some of the pictures from that though that that, that they do have they got the guar beer and right they got the guar branded water right and like the they, they've got they've they're sort of getting there with the with, with something like that uh, yeah i think it's i think it's awesome i think they could like you know have parts of their storyline that only happen at the festival but you know? can you pay a thousand dollars and get the girlfriend experience with odorous yeah i just don't i don't think you can get that you know th- oh, that's no. that's what they're offering here uh like i said with, you gotta take the price Striper. tag out of it though yeah but see i who uh, that that's what i'm saying though is like if you're gonna put a price tag on it is there a band that you would pay that much money or do you think could make money doing something like that it just doesn't seem you know i up until a few months ago i, I thought slayer could do it i don't think slayer ever had any interest in doing it but i always yeah. felt like they could but i you know I, they've kind of blown it now that they're slexiter well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you resurrected Jeff Hanneman and brought him in, maybe. Yeah, but but I, I other than that, no, I, mean, I think they they would give Slayer a pass on Jeff. They know he's not available right well, now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's a, it's someday, or just maybe in the future, if you donate enough money to the Slayer camp, you might be able to resurrect Jeff Hanneman. We've got him on ice. Yeah, we're we're going we're going to uh, we're going to, we've kept his DNA. We have cloned him. It's only going to take four. Talk years. about the girlfriend experience. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's a whole nother beast, man. But I mean, okay. So probably the only band that I could that I personally would pay that money for because I I pay money every year for the fan club and pay money for the t shirts. Oh, here we go again. I pay money for everything yeah. because I'm in there. Is Iron Maiden? That's right. a, that's a, and they've got enough cool stuff that I could. That I think I could deal with it. It'd be, it'd be kind of, you could do all kinds of really cool stuff with Iron Maiden, uh, whether it's checking out the the stagecraft, like how they do with the eddies and stuff like that. That's something that I could get into. And uh, I mean, I could imagine that if you charge two grand for a full on ex- Iron Maiden experience for three days, you'll get a hundred thousand people from Brazil that are willing to you know put down their life savings and fly up to America or fly over to Britain and. And check it all out. Yeah, you could totally put this thing in Vegas in a convention center. You yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it would be huge. Yeah. So I think Iron Maiden might be the one of the few that are out there that could really pull this off. Yeah, because they also level. have that whole history element that a lot of bands don't have. You know, it's not like you could do 
you know, I wrestled a bear once. You know, <laughs> and they could have a really awesome little. <laughs> they thing. could. It's all rainbows and uh, keeping metal gay. Woo! Yeah, totally. Teddy bears and rainbows. They're not going to get seven hundred seventy-seven bucks, and you know, they're not. <laughs> well, yeah, probably but, not. But they, you know, they they have don't have that history. You know, that would make it really interesting that Iron Maiden has. You know, that uh, uh, the memorabilia, the, the uh, well, the legend status. I mean, because yeah. you've got to get somebody. I mean, Striper. If you look at it, they've they've got a good thirty-year history. Yeah. At this point, they've been around for 30 well, years. Well, no, not really. I mean, they were around for like 12 and then they <laughs> disappeared for like 15 and then somebody renounced Jesus and then came back to Son it. Of a and, bitch. and, you know, and now they got the singer back and that's even recent as far as I know. Is he even? I don't even know, man. Yeah, I, Michael Sweet's a singer. I have not followed Striper. Yeah, neither. Uh, obviously, religiously, I, yeah. I'll say that. You know, I've, I've, Listen to me. I'm spouting out the history. Well, let the me tell you, history God, Godless is going to tell you all about Striper right now. It's going to be great. All right, uh, they're the best band. Oh man, you got to check it out. But uh, I loved Axel's point though. In the in the thing was that you just want to go to this thing. Oh yeah, I want to just see who shows up. No, you know who we're sending? We're, we're going to send somebody. Who are we going to send? Gravy. Oh, dude, gravy! Gravy, gravy needs to go hang out with Stra- Michael Sweet. Oh, dude! Oh, oh yeah! Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. So we'll send gravy. I think that's uh, worth the money. I think that's definitely, definitely going to be worth the cash. Man. Yeah. Something that. Uh, what What was the other thing that we we're going to talk about? Oh, we we're going to talk about the uh, um, uh, Red Fang. Oh, right, right. They're speaking, charging how much for their? <laughs> yeah, speaking of not worth the money. <clears throat> oh, dude, it was. It came up this week that. Um, uh, or no, a couple of weeks ago, that, yeah. that the vinyl release for Red Fang's new record uh, is going to cost you forty five ninety nine for a copy of the double LP red vinyl of Whales and Leeches. And I like me some Red Fang. I do like Red Fang. I think the first record was excellent with the one with the, or not first, I don't think the it was double the double EP first. thing. What do you mean, double EP? Didn't they have like two that EPs what it was? that they combined know. and it was self titled? And-, and then the, the second to the release that, that's come, that was before this, I just, uh, I, it put me to sleep. It, there wasn't anything that interesting. Right. Uh, but this new new one is looking like it's going to be pretty good. I've already heard one song. We'll, we'll play a song from it here in a little bit. But, um, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Relapse Records, you're going to put out a black vinyl version of this for fifteen ninety nine. That's about what you would charge for a vinyl album these days. I mean, that's that's kind of the going rate. It's about fifteen bucks. Fifteen to seventeen is right in there. Forty five ninety nine for the double colored vinyl makes absolutely no sense. Now, doesn't it have like a thing where like you tilt it and it looks animated and stuff? I don't know. I, th- I think Relapse Records are pretty smart. I think that what they've realized is that anybody who still buys vinyl is dub- dumb enough to spend $46 on double uh, vinyl. I mean, that's... I, it, I mean, I, I spent it on the Carcass album, but I mean, I, I'm a huge Carcass fan. Right. And Carcass, like we were talking about Iron Maiden, has history. They've got something that's behind it. Right. You know, Red Fang is a newer band that that doesn't have as much history do they have the dedicated fans to spend 45 dollars on a double vinyl album and for that matter takes a lot of balls to charge that much money for a double album like that you know I mean, what a double of- album typically goes for 30 bucks 35 bucks like right in that range you know they're charging an extra 10 to 15 dollars for that thing you know what this kind of reminds me of is so my first thought is i wonder if relapse is basically using it as a marketing opportunity where you go where you're basically saying this new red fang album is so good we can charge 46 bucks for it <laughs> right 
and people go, whoa, I'm not going to spend 46 bucks, but now I'm interested in hearing this album, right? Okay, okay. And it's almost sort of like the way that uh, uh, Earache tried to sell Entombed in the early days. I think with the Wolverine Blues album, you know, they came out and started saying, everybody, oh, this is the best album since Rain and Blood, best album since Rain and Blood. It's an awesome album, but when it came out, everybody was expecting it to be Rain and Blood. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Well, when you stack, if you stack things on top of it, okay, so if you're giving people the red vinyl or whatever, the colored vinyl, uh, copy of the album. Give me a digital copy of that record as well. Uh, so you've got that. That right there is about $30-ish in that range. Then you throw in some other stuff. You throw in uh, some sweeteners, uh, maybe a T-shirt. You throw in, uh, you know, the back patch, or you throw in you know, your button pack, or some other stuff. You throw that on top of it, sweeten that up. You get to forty-five dollars. But by itself, and it looks like it's just going to be pretty much by itself. I don't understand why anybody would, you know, come out of their ass for something like that. Do you think that Red Fang fans? I mean, the the fans are like super into them yes so why not well I mean, you only got to sell what a hundred of them or something well smart fans i, th- I think sm- what smart fans are going to do is going to wait for them on tour yeah know, and hopefully be able to pick up that that colored vinyl while they're on tour yeah except then you got to hold on to that thing during the whole show man that's lame i always go back to my car i always put it back in the car uh, man. it's all good yeah, I, I make the trip back to my car that's because you get like the, the no control parking spot downtown <laughs> man it's because i dude the only reason i get good parking when i go to shows here in austin <laughs> is because i know where the hell to park yeah the rest of us have no clue no you guys just don't you don't have you don't do your due diligence that's all you know you don't drive around enough <laughs> You drive around a little bit because I'm showing find up late for the damn spot. show. That's why. That's why you got to get there early and stay late. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. There you go. Get there early. Go get your chili cheese fries and then go to the show. You know, come on, man. You got to get with this. Got to get with the. Pro- I'm going to train you how to go to shows downtown. Someday. Do you think Red Fang could eventually have a weekend? I mean, not now, but do you think they could eventually have one? Except their weekend would be a LARPer weekend where they all dress up in beer can armor and <laughs> have, have sword fights against each other. You know, like, th- that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I could see that being really kick ass. You know, I don't know, man. I think it's just something that if you're going to charge that, you've got to give some better value for it. And I think finally we're starting to see people that are that are into buying vinyl or into buying albums, finally getting a little smarter about this and expecting a little more value for it because boutique vinyl, red vinyl, clear vinyl, this stuff and that stuff, you know, exclusives are fun, but at the same time, we also know how it works is that if it sells, you're going to make more. So it's, it just happens constantly. So I don't know that it just seems weird for, for me to put a price tag that big, on anything you know start off we'll start off with an album especially a young band like red red fang yeah like clutch does it you're into it yeah totally especially if they continue making great albums like the last one yeah well and and like you said i you know i spent the money on the carcass one but the carcass one had like tons of sweeteners in it there was like tons of really cool stuff that you got because of this yeah you even get the weight 
of waiting for that damn thing to show up. How many Shut weeks up, ago did you buy that? I, I, uh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, man. It's going to be here in two weeks, it's man. Like, it's like the old days of like you put in the order and you, yeah. you hope to get it in 45 to 90 days. Yeah, when well, you used to order something from Europe or yeah, something. Yeah. And you put uh, it in the mail order catalog. You'd throw in, okay, I'm going to put in some change <laughs> and some cash and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. And someday your cassette might show up. <laughs> and it was melted to the inside of the envelope when you got it. Yes, I, I, I did that many times. Well, let's listen to one from the new red fang uh because it's it's honestly this is the best thing they've done since uh, prehistoric dog is uh what i would say blood like cream is the name of the new song from red fang on the metal sucks podcast
Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Chuck. What's happening, Bubba? Oh, uh, you know, another day here in Texas, man. Understood. Where you ain't gone from? I'm uh, I'm down here in Austin, man. Oh, we have a we have a destiny together, then. A little bit of a festival happening here in a few months, man. Yes, sir. We do. I know your boy uh, Corey pretty well, actually. So good, good, good. He's all right. He's a pretty good dude. Yeah, for a fat ass. First Steeler fan. You know what are you gonna do? I'm gonna tell him that they're the black and yellow, and fucking the Saints are the true black and gold. <laughs> how, how do you think the Saints are gonna do this year, man? I don't know. Uh depends on rookies and depends on veterans, man. We got some old guys, and then we got some new guys trying to step into some pretty uh, uh, essential positions. So we'll see, man. And then you know. Everything, everything relies on injuries, and this seems like the year of the fucking torn ACL, so you never fucking know, man. Right, no kidding, man. It seems like as soon as it looks good, boom, somebody winds up, you know, getting hurt, getting out. And it's oh, like, oh, it changes the whole fucking team, man. It's like, ugh. Yeah, I think I'm about. I'm actually about to move into. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to become a Saints fan myself, man. Because uh, I grew up in Indiana and I was a Colts fan. So after losing Manning, I was like, ah, oh, I'm kind of done, man. I don't know, man. That, that Luck dude is awesome. I think, in my opinion, I think he's going to have a. I don't know. I think the Colts are going to be fucking good. I and, think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I felt like they they left their man behind, you know, and and it was like, oh, you don't do that to somebody. Well, uh, you know, neck injuries for quarterbacks. Uh, you never know. I mean, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, you know, that one year suck for luck. That y'all, I think y'all. Well, the Colts got themselves a fucking uh, premier quarterback for the next ten years if they want to ha- want to keep him around. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably you know, true, man. So, how you doing, man? You doing all right? How's uh, how's the health and stuff hanging on? You do you feeling all right these days? I'm feeling great, man. It's August, and normally August is one of the hardest months on the body because. God, the seasons are changing. We're getting towards the end of August, and, and but once those seasons change and it cools off a little bit, I'll be feeling a whole lot better. It's just tight muscles more than anything. But other than that, fuck, man, I feel great. No complaints. So, is that X-ray on the new album? You is that your back? Yes, yes, that is my MRI. That is true, and that's the hardware I sport every day and wake up with. And yeah, it, it's a. Uh, very interesting, to say the least. That's some serious hardware right there, man. Yeah, it ain't no no bullshit. Ugh. So when you bounce back and forth, like uh, like you're talking that hot and cold and north and south and you're touring everywhere, you feel that. I bet you feel that all the time, man. I do, but honestly, living in the Gulf Coast, it's, it's honestly a lot worse there because of all the pressure drops and, 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 and just erratic weather in general so and 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 something about hurricane season which bite my tongue oh my god you know no no but nobody wants to see that no no nowhere because they've been you know uh, blowing up the east coast now so new york's been getting them and everybody feels it and it's horrible man so i hope uh the hurricanes go by the way wayside but uh, it's something about the season man that, that that does kind of fuck with the body a little bit but you know all you got to do is get up stretch out get on moving man are you still working out like all the time when you're on tour yeah you know i do i do uh my core work and you know i've never been a body 
builder or anything like that. But, you know, I still, when I'm at home, hit 12 rounds on the bag, sweat it out, and, and swim and shit like that. But, you know, yeah, I mean... I do as much as I possibly can, for sure. Well, that's a lie. I could possibly do a lot more. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do enough to get by. And uh, right now, it's all about, as far as the back goes, it, it's all about maintenance, man, at this point. You know, it, yeah. it is what it is. And you just got to fucking deal with it. And, and honestly, well, like I said, get on the fucking ground and stretch it out. Yeah, if it tightens up on you, then it's over, right? Nah, there's nothing over. The gig's still on. You got to keep fucking going. There ain't no stopping the kid. You can't do it. It's a little bit different now, though. Uh, getting a little age on the body. I know exactly what you mean, man. It's like, ah, oh, it's uh, it gets a little tougher as you as you tack on a few days and years and months and et cetera. Well, yeah, you know, and and, and the back's not the only thing I've had work on. You know, I've had yeah, both knees and fucking all that shit. I've had knee surgery in my left knee and and boy that sucker was aching yesterday and 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 uh the right knee i hyperextended back in the 90s and so sometimes that sucker might swell up a little bit and ache on you but once again it's you know you take it in stride do what you gotta do and then and, and move on but me i wanted to ask you dude what's the um what's the changeover for your name you've uh crossed over to doing by philip h anselmo now and uh that seemed to happen a few years ago Are you doing it on purpose uh I, man i don't know you know it's like i've gone by both philip and phil and uh -huh. whatever so you know i'd say it's still if people want to call me Phil, it's, it's perfectly fine. It, it's it's uh, it happens. I was just curious because it seems like everything is all Philip H. Just uh, Philip. Uh, well, I think that's probably because of the, it's on the record. You know, well, the yeah. Directs, it's only record Philip H. and Salmo, and you know, I figure my father is. Uh, He's got a different middle name, but we got the same, you know, Philip Anselmo name. So, you know, I get the old difference out there because uh, I don't think my dad can do what I can do, and nor can I do what my dad does. So, trying to clarify that right there. Whenever I see a full name like that, I think, oh man, that's that's got to be like the name that you would get yelled at when you were in trouble. Nah, hell no, Philip, when I get got over in here. Trouble, yeah, man, I, I come from. An Italian family, so I've heard everything, you know. It's just some of a bitch to fucking, you know, your mama Luke, too. You, know, you name it up. I've been called it. How is the um, adaptation? You've been doing the label and stuff for quite some time. We mentioned the house core horror thing, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the the label and everything else that's uh, been going, man, how's that different for you uh, acting as an entrepreneur and a business owner? You kind of do that as a lead singer, but also this is something a little more serious. You're responsible for other bands and stuff, man. How important is that to you? It's very important, and honestly, it's a labor of love because it's, it's nothing I'm getting. Uh, I don't think I've made a red cent so far off the whole fucking thing. <laughs> but still, man, it's fun to do because you get to get close with bands. You get to work with different bands that, that demand different sounds and stuff like that, and I, and I really enjoy studio work and i and i enjoy producing records so uh it, it once again it's a labor of love and and it's something that i enjoy doing uh, very much and and and, and I, I started the label because i've been through the major label glut where they basically hold you prisoner and and if you want to I guess expand on your musical uh career in one way or another 
you got to jump through every fucking hoop and then go through all these politics to do whatever you want to do uh, in your free time uh, in order to do that. So I wanted to make a label that was musician friendly, you know. It's like, you know, I do one record at a time. And as long as you deliver that record, you know, you can turn around the next day and record with somebody else. I, don't, I really don't care. You know, it, it's just, uh, I think the musicians deserve that freedom because music is, is vast, man. Music is a big, big world. And if you are an explorer like, like I am, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, you gotta, I guess, you know, show absolute and a hundred percent support to these musicians who, who want to expand their musical horizon they, uh, beyond heavy metal and, and you know, uh, any type of musical expression. So, you know, I, I want musicians to have that freedom because they deserve it. Have you produced everything that's been on the label or co-produced it at least? Or have you been... Not, not, not everything, but I did. Uh, I worked very closely with Harp. I've worked very closely with Warbeast and definitely very closely with uh, my solo band right here. So um, I got my eyeball on about two, three other bands out there that really uh, don't need my help at all. And, and you know, they're going to probably record and produce their own records. And, 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 yeah, man, I'm looking at maybe signing a couple of these bands uh, end of this year, early next year, something like that. And, and, you know, it all depends. It depends on the band. You know, if they want my help, then I'm there. And if they want to do it themselves, you know, uh, that's fine, too. You know, as long as it's, uh, you know, if they sign up for it, you know, I want them to see it through. So just as long as they deliver, we're all good. How's that working with uh, with Bruce and the guys from Warbeast, man? He's a legend around these parts. Hey, man, uh, let me tell you, I've loved Bruce Corbett. And the Rigor Mortis boys and the Gamma Side boys for for forever, forever. I've loved them. I've watched them grow. I've watched them take on many different forms and shapes. And Mike Scotia with his great career uh, with uh, Rigor Mortis and Ministry and all these other bands. And Casey Orr has been in several prominent bands, and now he's in Warby. So it's like. Uh, it's a joy, man. It really is. It's it's a lot of fun to work with them. Scott Shelby is a monster of a guitar player, and and the other the other kid too, man. Uh, Bobby is a hell of a guitar player, and of course, you know I couldn't have done the solo record if it weren't for Bruce Corbett because at the time when I was putting my solo album together, you know I was really 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 striving to get under the radar musicians to play on this thing you know i didn't want to put together another super group yeah. so bruce bruce really said to me he goes man why don't you ask blue you know who's the drummer for war beast you know why don't you ask blue if if you know he wants to play on the record and i did and he did and now we're here in atlanta jamming together and they have this awesome drummer that's filling in for Blue right now, named Jono, and he's he's a beast in in his own right, and we're we're having a blast out here, man. Yeah, that's it, that's got to be a good feeling for you, man, to see something like that kind of all the way through, you know, and be able to work with some dudes that are just legendary metal guys, and see this new project come from thoughts to album to tour, like just to see the whole process. It is, it is, it, you know, 
know, because everything starts with an idea. And then when you see that idea through and you can help a band like, like War Beast and suggest things and they're very, very open for suggestion. And, 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 and I guess, uh, when you're, when you're in the studio, there's a lot of trial and error. So they're open for those suggestions and whether they work or not, you know, we at least tried it. And, and, you know, uh, for me, more beats really sums up the DFW thrash sound that I grew up with loving and adoring. And I think they're just the epitome of, of, of Dallas Fort Worth thrash. So, uh, I'm, I got a lot of pride in working with those guys and, and also the results. And, and, and they're, they're a fucking great band, man. Oh, I know. And as soon as I heard Bruce sing on that new stuff, it's just like, ooh, chills down my spine. It just reminds me of that old stuff, man. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. You know, uh, Bruce is the type of guy who never forgot where he came from. And he's all, he's got a distinctive voice that, that, that you know, he never... I guess never felt like he needed to belong or, or try to emulate any other singer. He really just, it just came out of him naturally. And, and he's just, well, like I said before, a very, very distinctive voice within heavy metal in general. So uh, for me, uh, I just say, hey, Bruce, be yourself. And believe me, he has no no other intentions of of, of being anybody but himself, and, and that's the best thing in the world because, you know, when you listen to a band, whether it be King Diamond or Bruce Corbett, and, and you zero in on that voice and you say, hey, I know who that is exactly right off the bat, that to me is success. And Bruce has one of those voices that are so distinctive that, you know, it's it's impossible to say anything but but hey man thumbs up and 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 great success you know it's it, it's it's a first round knockout if you ask me yeah just keep it going right yeah, fucking hey why not Hell what yeah, else dude. are we gonna do well, a lot of people say the same thing about you man and uh, this new album is definitely shaped a little bit differently from what you've done in the past vocally it feels a lot more extreme than anything i've ever heard you do well as it should be and that was my that was my uh intention and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's when I feel compelled, when I feel uh, inspired musically, you know, that's a great feeling because, you know, I, I, I can't even count how many records I've done over my career or how many uh, bands I've been in either. So whether it be a side project or, or a band that tours, you know, it, it's, it's been so much. And whether I'm playing guitar or, or, or singing, you know, I want to make sure that each and every project that I do has its own identity and sounds completely different than any of the previous work that I've done. So with this album, man, you know, once again, I felt compelled. And I know it's a, a difficult listen. It's an abrasive listen. But I think the more you spin it, the more you check it out, the more you'll realize that there is, you know, within the complications of it all, there is solid structure. There are hooks, a plenty, and uh, those are they're they're very uh, sonically damn good songs. So uh, I'm very proud of it, and and 
uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, the way I describe it to people when they think about it, because you know, when everybody says something, it's a Phil and Selma's new project, they think it's going to sound like Pantera or something like that. I, I kind of describe it to people as somebody threw a grenade in your brain and it went off and everything that you've ever done sort of gets blown into this, this album. Because I hear a little bit of everything in this. Well, you know, it's an interesting analogy right there, and I can't argue with it at all because... I do have my own style of writing. I've ri- I wrote, oh, golly, you know, I, I riffs for Pantera, uh, full songs for Down. I, you know, I've, I've written songs from the ground up with every band that I've been in. And whether it starts on the guitar or it starts with, with a thought in the mind uh, of a lyric, you know, I've done, I've done it. So when you say that it sounds like a little bit of everything that I've done, I take that as a compliment because, it, you know, I do feel like I do have my own style in a strange way. And this is just another expression of, you know, uh, showing that, that the diversity, you know. And then once again, that's the beauty of ha- having a solo band. You know, this record is just one record. You know, and, and for me, it's like a launch pad for more records and more music and, and different directions. And I, and I think that each record within the solo band should be very diff- different sounding and, and, and very uh, experimental, so to speak. So I'm looking forward to the future with that. And also, you know, I'm writing uh, some lyrics right now for the new Down stuff. And down for me is, is is not rocket science at all for any of us in, in the band. We know that you know when the five of us get together and write music, it's going to sound like down. And uh, I think next month we're going to put the nose to the grindstone and knock out some songs for the upcoming EP. So I got a lot on my plate, man, and I'm looking forward to it. That's what life's about. When when doors open step on through and sign up for it and then show up and do the gig, man. That's what it's all about. Why did it take you so long to get to doing a solo album? Because, I mean, you've, uh, like you said, you've been in all kinds of projects. I mean, uh, whether it's Super Joint or whatever, I mean, there's so many things that you've done before. Why did it take so long to get here? I guess it would be just circumstance. You know, a lot, a lot of things that had to shape up around uh, in, in my life, uh, uh, to even get to this point. So it's like uh, a down is made up of three different bands, really. You know, there's I yeah. Hate God, Jimmy Jimmy from I Hate God, and, and Pat and Kirk from Crowbar, and and Pepper does a lot of different musical uh, projects and whatnot. So it's like, you know, we realize that down is always there. Down has a very hardcore cult following that's that that's that's going to remain with us and we also allot freedom for each other with, uh, to create with our with with our other band so i saw this as an opportunity to do this 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 uh walk through exits only record and, and and the split with war beast and write this new music and once again you know they're could have been a chance for that that this didn't happen at all but once again i felt compelled and once i feel compelled i've got to see something through and it just so happened that circumstance works out right 
and uh, no offense to any other project that I've ever done, but really, you know, Pantera's been done since 2001, and all of my other projects are really just projects that are, are done, and whether I've done gigs with them or not, it, 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 it was fun while it lasted, but, and, and, and those records are, are in the books, uh, but, you know, this is a new day, it's another chapter, and I'm walking through that particular door, ready to roll. <laughs> It was cool to see that you uh, that you guys did a warm up show before this tour because that's kind of an old thing. I remember seeing uh, Pantera way back in the day doing those old warm up shows before you'd go out on a U.S. tour or something like that. Was that uh, just kind of a throwback? Is that something you do with everybody? Uh, no, it depends on the band. It yeah. Really, it depends on the band. It's their decision what they want to do. So, but but for me, you know, uh, doing that warm up show. It went, you know, unannounced, and, and and I guess you know, word of mouth. We 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 allowed word of mouth to go around, and 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 you know, let people know that of course we would be there, and then doing you know parts of our set, and it was a good warm up show, and then people showed up, and and it, it honestly it was a blast. That word of mouth thing's a little different nowadays than it was back in ninety two, ninety three, isn't it? <laughs> So I know, I know. Social networking it gets out there. The word gets out there. 
you can't even walk down the street anymore without someone saying, hey, I saw Phil Anselmo walk down the street today on their Facebook page, and it's like, well, great. You know what else I did? I wiped my ass this morning. How about you? <laughs> you know? It's like, come on, man. Give me a break. And you tagged in a photo, too. Look at that. Oh, oh with uh, food in my mouth, too. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you get all kinds yeah, of fun exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. I'm wearing my reading glasses. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so I think the coolest thing about that about that show though was uh, the Miracle Network. Tell me about uh, tell me about Peyton Aaron's man. Well, I tell you that is uh, that was our first real gig in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I got an email about a week before the show from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I immediately said, "Of course, yes, yes, yes." bring him on and the best thing about it was you know i got the new band and everybody had the first gig jitters and everybody's trying to tweak their instruments and then equipment and all this shit and here comes this smiling kid walking in and he just lit up the entire room and got up on stage full of confidence and 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 man he played his ass off it's sound check so i you know i think that's all they were expecting and i and i said to him well, well like fuck man if we're gonna do if he's gonna kick this much ass it's sound check i said peyton you gotta come out and do this thing for real man in front of some people and little did I know, the lady that was with him from the foundation and his mom was there and whatnot, you know, they said that his immune system was very low. So if we were going to do that, he had to go back and, and rest at the hotel for a little while. And I, and then, of course, that goes understood. And, and, and the mere fact that he came back and got up on stage and jammed in front of all those people. You know what that says to me? That says he is a fighter. And I, that's something I admire so, so very much. And I, once again, Peyton really just brightened up the entire gig for everybody, everybody, the entire crew, the bands, and, and, and really it, it made the night, uh, honestly. So big thumbs up to him. And when the word terminal... You know, uh, is 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 brought to his particular case. I say, fuck it, man. Fuck ter- terminal. That kid is too too much of a fighter to go down. I and I, I'm I'm uh, I'm predicting great things for him in the future. That puts a lot of things in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. I can't even imagine. And he, you know, at 13 years old, you know, fighting something so severe. You know, I've had my own battles in life, but it does it, it, it pales, pales so miserably in comparison to to young Peyton. And he, honestly, what can I say? He's an inspiration to us all. And I wish I wish everybody could have been there just to feel the energy coming off this kid, man. He's he's just a positive ray, man. So that once again, I, I think that he's got all the goods it takes to defeat this terrible, terrible disease and, 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 and really come out and, and be healthy eventually. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He tore it up, man. Going to wrap it up here in a little bit. But, of course, uh, got to talk to you about uh, about Dime a little bit because today is 
August 20th. It would be yes, Dimebag's, uh, Dimebag's 47th birthday today if he were still with us. Do you have any good memories of uh, of birthdays from the Pantera days from uh, way back when? Yours? Well, I'll say this. No matter whose birthday it was, it would be Dimebag himself that would throw the biggest and best party. No matter where we were, no matter what we were doing, if it was your birthday, Dime would be the guy on top of it. So, ma'am, there's too many stories that I, I, you know, I, gosh, man, I, he's gotten, I'm sitting here thinking, man, he's the, he's the type of guy that gets you, he would get you the present that would be the biggest, the best, no matter what. He's bought me guitars for my birthday, uh, SGs and, and, and stuff that I love to play, and then giving me his, uh, his, his which I still have, uh, his mini Dean with the Confederate flag on there. No offense to the PC assholes out there, but really, <laughs> uh, Dimebag was one of a kind. He lived for the party every night, but when it was really somebody's birthday, he took charge, and I, I can't tell you how much I miss him right now. It's been on my mind all day long. My heart is pretty fucking heavy right now. I'm not going to deny it. And once again, it's another day without dime, and I wake up every day of my life, and in some way, shape, or form, I think of him, and I can see right now in my, in my, in my mind his piercing blue eyes and that big smile and that crazy long hair, up to something, up to something, <laughs> you know, man, I mean, yeah. he's the guy, he's the guy that would send, we, we would have a, a half an hour till we went on stage, and he would send our tour manager out to get balloons and and plastic uh, alligators and crabs and dinosaurs to throw at the opening band and shit like that. <laughs> and we'd make water balloons and throw them at fucking people. All He would come up with all kinds of shit. We'd be stuck in the middle of nowhere. And everybody, oh man, I'm bored, I'm bored. Well, look no further than Dimebag's room because he was always up to something that made the entire night uh and killed boredom uh completely man he was he was uh oh my god he was uh the best ever you know just one of the greatest personalities and 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 strong willed motherfuckers i have ever met and you know he and i working together uh whether it be with Pantera uh, or one of my favorites is, is is just he and I messing around with his four track and writing the dumbest, craziest bullshit songs in the world. That you know, those are priceless memories, man. And I, I just once again, I, I I wish I could honestly say happy birthday to him right to his face to, and, and, and the fact that I can't kind of hurts the heart man I, I can't lie oh yeah man this is that day and down here in Texas you know we always uh, we definitely give it up on his birthday man 
That's as it. y'all should, as we all should, man. He's he's a he is our brother, and he shall remain our brother till all of us meet our time. You know, one of the nicest dudes I ever met in rock and roll, man. I mean, I met a ton of people, but he was just like, and he just acted like a regular dude, and was he just, was a regular yeah. dude, but he, he was he was blessed with this presence. You know, when he walked into a room, he had. You know, all eyes on him, man. And it's just, it's, <laughs> and I, you know, uh, even the most uptight motherfuckers in the world, somehow, those poor bastards, if they were somehow invited backstage, dressed in their finest clothes, just to say hello and shake hands and leave, well, too bad for them because they get stuck for about an hour or two longer than they even anticipated. And with about 10 to 15 shots of whiskey down the gullet. So, <laughs> so much for being <laughs> uptight. <laughs> You're screwed. Don would get you man. every time, man. He would get you every fucking time. God bless him. Oh, yeah, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Good memories, man. Very good memories. I think he kidnapped oh, our, our general manager one one time when he was up here. Uh, like, uh, they were going to, we're going to Mexico. Man, we're going to Mexico now. I believe it. All right, that's the type of dude he was. It's like, let's go now. And he meant it. He meant every fucking word. And you were going and... That's it. Uh, bless your liver. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, watch out for that liver. It's like, man, he was the liver destroyer. <laughs> uh, no doubt, man, no doubt. And, pr- and, and proud of it, too. So, right, yeah. Know. Wore that as a badge of courage, man. Oh, God, yes. You know, uh, some people may say, oh, alcoholic, alcoholic. But really, it was uh, way beyond that, man. He was, uh, I guess, uh, just a, a, a dazzling light that you could not escape. And, and and you know, when you wake up in the morning, sometimes you don't wake up on the right side of the bunk, so to speak. And you get off the bus and you're in a rough mood or whatnot, there's Dimebag with some new trickery up his sleeve. And the next thing you know, you're like, why do my cheeks hurt so bad from smiling? Why does my why does my stomach hurt so yeah. bad from laughing? You know, and it's like, oh, my God, it's Dimebag. So, and you talked about it a thousand times, man, with the, with everybody, dude. Uh, you talked about making up with Rita uh, and and. Say so you want to reconcile the stuff with Vinny, man. What do you think? You think that's ever going to be able to happen? I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I really don't know. You know, I thought, matter of fact, Rita came out to the New York show a few nights ago, and she's awesome. She's doing great. You know, she knows we're very good friends, man. And and and, and all you know, there's a lot that we have discussed with each other, and and you know, this is something that is very complex because you know. I don't think anybody in the world out there can judge Vinny Paul for his silence or his, his quote-unquote, you know, his locked door when it comes to me and Rex and the rest of the band because, you know, he was there when Dimebag was murdered and, and I can't even imagine the, the, the psychological effect of that being there. So Vince should not be judged on that and I... 
honestly, man, all I got for Vince is just love. There's no disdain. There's no bad feelings at all. And, and you know, really, uh, if if the day came where he, he and I and Rex could sit down and talk as gentlemen and bury the hatchet, so to speak, uh, you know, as a music fan, you know, myself, as a, as a music fan, you know, I, I hate it when I hear about my favorite bands arguing or having discord within the camp. I don't like it. So if we ever had the chance to sit down and talk and hash things out, not only would it mean the world to me and Rex, but I think also every Pantera fan, I think, yeah, I think it would mean a lot to all of them and 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 it would burn down that 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 sense of division you know where people take sides it's like really it's not it's not you know unless you were in pantera you know it's hard for me to take people that take sides it's very seriously at all because you know my first thing is you know like whoa well, where were they? You know, were they in the in the practice rooms hashing it out with us, uh, writing every record and and and, and living a life together and, and and all growing up together and writing these these incredible songs together? Were they there? No, they weren't. All they heard was the end product and saw us on stage briefly, and 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 watched home videos and and stuff like that. So. For me, you know, this is a very personal thing, and 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 I, I just, you know, I I wish Vince would open up to us because, you know, it's interesting. I got an email the other day that said fifty-two percent of all things sold Pantera today in two thousand thirteen are from people between the ages of 15 and 25. That's an entire new generation right there of Pantera fans. And, well, first and foremost, I got to thank and give a double thumbs up to all the parents of the 90s for turning their kids on to, to, to Pantera and heavy metal in general. But you see, you know, there are Pantera fans out there and once again, you know, if the day came, if he called me out of nowhere, no matter where I was at on this planet, I would catch a plane, get on a train, jump in the back of a van, and I would show up. And I would be there with open arms and, 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 and loving my heart, man, because... The, the experience of being so young and having so much success together early is something that will never happen again in my lifetime. And um, it won't be forgotten. And, uh, uh, you know, like everyone else, I hope it happens. Well, you do a lot of growing in a decade, man. You grow up, you change your mind, change your attitude about things, man. Well, you know, so I'm, I'm in a better place, too. You know, yeah. when... Back when I was in a lot of pain and I was making every rookie mistake with pain medication and so on, I, I felt 
ugly inside because I was in so much pain. And what you feel inside a lot, uh, a lot of times comes out of you, and, and you come across as a negative guy and a, and a, uh, an, uh, an ugly guy. And really, that's, it, it, that's the furthest thing from the truth. And, and uh, you know, these last ten years, I've had no hard drugs in ten years, clean from any hard drugs. Now, I ain't going to say I'm not a midnight toker because I am a, <laughs> a midnight toker. That's medicine, man. That's medicine. That bingo. And, you know, I will have a couple beers now and again, but I haven't had a shot of whiskey since 2001. So mentally, I'm in a great place. Physically, I'm in an all right place. Figuring I got a good 12-pack uh, on my gut. And, uh, you know, man, I, I, I am a different guy today matter of fact I, I believe i'm more i guess the young guy that those that, that vince met a long time ago because i man i'm not growing up you know i'm <laughs> i'm getting older but i ain't growing up you know what i'm saying no, I hear you. But, so you know i'm in a good place mentally these days man and and i feel great and and, and that's what i want to put out there man that that you know you know from the toughest times from your darkest darkest hour you can always make a comeback, man, and, and and do it even better, you know. So we'll see. Right on, man. Well, I, I, I'm taking up way too much of your time, dude. I, I'll I'll let you get going. We'll talk about uh, when you come into town for uh, the Housecore Film Fest. We'll sit down and uh, talk more about horror movies and stuff because I definitely want to pick your brain on that stuff too. Oh man, we could talk for hours about that. I shit. know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I don't even want to get that that going just yet because <laughs> we've been on for a while. So, uh, but uh, thanks, uh, I appreciate it, dude. Hey, brother. Anytime, anything for Texas, anything for the Texas scene. It is my second home, and I adore those motherfucking Texans that have always stuck with me through thick and thin, and all my friends and brothers and sisters I've grown up with there, and bless all y'all, man, and thank you for having me on the show, brother. Pantera weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we could do. We we could figure out a Pantera weekend. That might that would probably go over pretty well. Seven hundred seventy-seven bucks, man. No problem. <laughs> For one price, you get both halves. You get Phil's half. <laughs> you get hell yeah, and <laughs> Phil and Sol on the illegals. Yeah, in two different rooms. Two different rooms. Ne- same ne- time. The near shed the two meet. Yeah, they will never cross paths. <laughs> They're just gonna make the money for it. They'll do signings of all the albums too. Yeah, they'll just be at opposing tables. Yeah, <laughs> they won't ever actually you know cross. And, yeah, and there's just this thin curtain <laughs> between the two. You they'll know? have their backs to each other, <laughs> right? It'll be like one of those uh, pipe and drape curtains from the Comic Con. And you get each one, you know, each half of the festival is like a total their perspective on Pantera, which for some reason you go from one to the other and you're like, 
what the hell, man? I thought this was one band, you know? Uh, well, because, you know, to Phil, Pantera was this heady, sort of thought-provoking, you know, statement on what life is. And to Vinny, it's like strippers and chicks and <laughs> confederate flags and yeah yeah it's a each one views it a little bit differently oh man i'd i'd go to pantera weekend just if they could get like two midgets one who looks a little bit like phil anselmo and one who looks a little bit like to Vinny wrestle Paul, each other to wrestle oh each my other god, dude. <laughs> oh god dude how cool would that be we need to talk to the anarchy wrestling people man yeah oh we totally. totally need to talk to them dude, about they that you put that at house core home, that would man. be awesome dude <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be so fucking cool! <laughs> Can you imagine? Because it'd be like a dude with the the shitty beard that, that Vinny's like that really the dyed beard and the cowboy hat that he wears all the time, and Phil like the Phil one would be shirtless with like tattoos on his head and stuff. You know? The, oh my god, that'd and be so awesome! And then just when you think it's all over, like 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 some, somebody's gonna win, then like you know all of a sudden you know the ghost of no. I was gonna say next thing you know you have you have you have midget uh, Dimebag Daryl <laughs> yeah. flying. From the side, be Nickelback with <laughs> with angel wings and Nickelback Daryl. <laughs> oh, dude! Come on, everybody! We're all here together. Let's just have a black tooth grin and I'll go to town. Oh, dude! Oh my god, that'd be so awesome! Oh my god, that'd be so awesome! That alone is seven hundred seventy-seven. Dude, bucks. I'd pay that much to see that right the fuck now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was like, right now, uh, dude, that'd be awesome. I would love that shit. That, that's awesome. Well, that was a great interview with uh, Phil Anselmo. You did what? Oh, you oh. didn't. You should. You should have brought that up. But it's all good. We'll talk to him again. <laughs> We've got to write this idea down, oh, dude. Yeah. I, well, we're going to talk to him again at Housecore uh, Horror Film Festival. That, yeah. So that's going to be cool because we didn't even get to we didn't even get to talking about any of that stuff. Uh, Did you, yeah, the autobiography, you know. No, we didn't. Talk, we didn't yeah. I, I left all that stuff out because yeah. because gonna in, get there. in October, we're gonna, Corey's going to be here, uh, who is the co-author of the autobiography that he's going to do and uh, proprietor of. Uh, the House School Horror Film Festival, along with Phil and Somo. So the two of them together, we'll get them. I, I'm really trying to get them in so that we can talk about all that stuff, talk horror movies and other stuff. It's just something that if I would have got into that with them, we would have talked for another three hours. Yeah. So Because, yeah, I mean, I love horror movies and 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 all that goodness. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we stuck with the pretty general things. Plus, you know, if I want to ask the guy hard questions, I really want to do it to his face. I mean, you know, if we want to talk about some serious stuff, or even for that matter, just joke our ass off about stuff like this, you know. Man, does he still work out? What did you not listen to the interview? No, I haven't listened. Jesus, why do I do this for? What the fuck do I do this for? Why am I even? Here? <laughs> I'm waiting for it to go on Metal Sucks. That's Jesus. what I was doing. I gotta. Pop, oh yeah, oh yeah. We, 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 gotta get, we gotta get the subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We gotta get the downloads. Okay, okay. I accept that one. I, I, I definitely accept that one. But uh, the yes, thank you to Phil and Selmo for uh, uh, doing an interview or what doing yeah doing your job, you son of a yes, thank you very much actually. It's a good good little chat. Next week I have what are we doing? Who's on the show next week? Uh, we wrote it's written. Is it down. Bill? I think we're doing Bill next week. Yeah, the, oh, Bill, Bill we get Steer to talk to Bill Steer about his ex-wife. Well, and pff, dude, and I try not to just go completely completely homo yeah we did go a little homo. a little bit i know I felt, I felt weird about it but at the same time uh there are not many people that i do that with yeah bill steer is one of those guys i should have so. worn less tight underwear that day that's for sure <laughs> mine mine were tight yeah <laughs> they were getting tighter getting tighter by the minute <laughs> i tell you what it's a great interview everybody you got to listen to this so one. that it's one's a, coming up totally next week awesome, uh yeah. so, so stick around for that and we'll probably 
probably, fingers crossed, maybe play another new song from the Carcass record that you want to hear. Incredible. Oh, it's so good. It really is, man. But we got to wrap it up for this uh, this week. I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Now, the uh, rest of the year is going to suck for you. Enjoy it. <laughs> All right? Great. I am Chickity Chuck. I'm Godless. And this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast.